Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. You're listening to episode number 74 of the Lean Blog Podcast for September 14th, 2009. My guest today is Roy Vasher, the president of RPV Consulting. Uh, he's also the co-author of the recent book, Toyota Supply Chain Management. And Roy works closely with a network of consultants to provide lean IT and supply chain consulting services, and he developed this insight and experience um, integrating IT to support lean processes by serving as a general manager of information systems for uh, Toyota Motor Manufacturing in North America. And he was uh, actually one of the first brought in to Toyota in 1987 to set up and manage the information systems department at uh, Toyota's first Greenfield plant, uh, Toyota Motor Manufacturing, Kentucky, in Georgetown. So today we're going to talk about uh, his book, and we're going to talk about Toyota's supply chain management practices. So as always, thanks for listening. Well, again, our guest today is Roy Vasher. I want to thank you for joining us on the Lean Blog Podcast. Well, thanks, Mark. It's good to be here tonight. Uh, looking forward to the discussion. And uh, maybe to start, I can give you a little bit of background of my experience with uh, Toyota and also with Ford Motor Company. Yeah, that'd be great. And uh, just to reflect, I, I joined Toyota in 1987. That was when Toyota started their first uh, wholly owned uh, plant in North America that was in Georgetown, Kentucky. And I actually was a 76th person hired, and now they have well over 8,000 employees at that one plant. Uh, and I was uh, hired to head up their IT or information technology group. Uh, and, of course, being the person who hired, I had to form the whole organization and uh, arrange to have all the systems developed and the infrastructure implemented. Uh, so it was quite a, a exhausting exercise in such a, a big operation in Toyota's first uh, uh, holding on plant in North America. And then uh, later on in uh, 1996, I was uh, uh, Toyota formed the North American Manufacturing Headquarters in Northern Kentucky, and I was promoted to head up all of the IT for manufacturing in North America and to consolidate all the operations and the systems. Uh, and then uh, about 1999, uh, when there was a kind of a dot-com craze and a lot of discussion about build the order for uh, Dell computers and autos and all the companies were trying to figure out how to streamline their supply chain to uh, maybe be ready for a build-to-order or Internet-type ordering system, I was put in charge of a special project to re-engineer and streamline the supply chain in North America. So I worked with a cross-functional group uh, from sales, manufacturing, and distribution to look at every aspect of the supply chain, from suppliers to dealers to manufacturing, logistics, and so on, uh, to try to look at ways to cut out some of the waste in the the, uh, time so that to speed up the delivery or to provide a more of a a streamlined order to delivery model. And then uh, after working on this for about five years in North America, uh, the Toyota in Europe wanted to implement some of the Kaizen 
you know, opportunities or ideas we had in North America. So I was dispatched to Toyota of Europe uh, in Brussels and worked for two years to help them re-engineer some of their supply chain and to provide some of the uh, kind of a internal consulting uh, best practices to Toyota of Europe. Uh, so that's kind of where I got the, the background to write this book, Toyota Supply Chain Management, uh, because of my experience in working in the supply chain in Toyota. Yeah. So I was wondering if you could comment um, just real quickly, you talk about being the first person in IT. There's, I think a lot of people have a misperception that Toyota is very anti-technology. You hear about you know, Kanban cards, and I, I think sometimes there's a perception that, you know, that, that Toyota has no information systems. I mean, can, can you touch on that for a, a minute? Um, either you know, do, do you hear that perception or, or what it was like incorporating IT within the Toyota production environment? Uh, certainly, uh, yeah, it was quite a, a contrast, and as I briefly mentioned, uh, prior to joining Toyota, I worked at uh, Ford, Ford Motor Company in Dearborn, Michigan, for uh, three years, also in the IT business, so I had a lot of experience in automotive uh, IT, but joining uh, Toyota, uh, it was kind of a... a, a of a culture shock because you're right, Toyota had the, the reputation of not being very technology proficient, but it was kind of a, a feeling of just what was, what was needed. Uh, their attitude was don't overcomplicate systems, don't build a, a big complex system to do a simple job. So it was kind of finding the right solution to fit the the problem at hand. And so uh, I think they certainly use uh, a lot of IT and uh, a lot of technology, but they don't overcomplicate the business uh, and uh, over-rely on IT. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering if you could give an overview of the book. Again, for the listeners, it's called Toyota Supply Chain Management, A Strategic Approach to Toyota's Renowned System. Um, you know, if you can give a quick synopsis about the book and, and you know what, what you think is unique or, or new or compelling, um, you know, with this book among uh, the dozens or, uh, of, of books that have been written about Toyota? Certainly. Uh, as, as probably most of the listeners have heard of the, the book Toyota Way by Jeffrey Liker, and that was one of the, the first major books on Toyota as far as explaining the Toyota Way and the philosophy and, and culture at Toyota. And one of the things that we wanted to, to do with this book, the Toyota Supply Chain Management, be more of a hands-on, process-oriented book to, to get beyond the the, the concept, the uh, the big picture philosophies of how Toyota manages the business, to dig into exactly how the processes work to run this campaign. And. Uh, so I think the thing we, we tried to accomplish with this book and, and uh, from the feedback we've got from some of the initial readers, uh, I think we accomplished that, is is be very detailed and uh, explain from the, the start to the finish the whole comprehensive supply chain, uh, including the extended enterprise, uh, suppliers' relationships, all the way to dealers. So. Uh, that I think uh, of this this book versus uh, 
many of the other books written about Toyota philosophy and, and culture. And you break the book into um, sort of four areas or four concepts. Um, so I was wondering if you, you could touch on each of those uh, as, as we go through here, uh, the four Vs, if you will, uh, variety, velocity, variability, and visibility. Um, if, you, if you touch on each and, and, and you know, what that means from a Toyota supply chain standpoint, you know, what are ideas that you might recommend to other companies try to emulate, whether it's in the automotive industry or, or more broadly. So if you can start, what do you mean by um, variety or what's the, the practice of the impact on Toyota supply chain? Uh, okay, great. Yes, uh, variety is one of the, the real important uh, principles of managing the uh, supply chain. And what we mean by variety is uh, we use the term of mix or the mix of the product. In other words, how many different combinations of the product, in this case vehicles, are you going to market to each uh, mar uh, each market or region of, of the country? So Toyota does a very good job of looking at the, the mix of products to be offered in targeting a, a, a strategic mix to each region. When I say region, for example, the Northeast would get a, a different mix of product uh, uh, vehicles in the west and the south would get different than the north. For example, uh, you know, the south would get uh, products that wouldn't have heat seats or cold weather pack, where obviously uh, vehicles sort of in the northeast would get heated seats and, and uh, four-wheel drive would be the north-wheel drive in the south. So trying, trying to minimize the mix of products and in fact, uh, you know, I think you've probably heard a little bit about that with the recent downsizing of General Motors. They've actually had to pull back and reduce the number of offerings and the number of uh, vehicles that they're producing. And so I think they're kind of following in the footsteps of Toyota. Uh, a, a couple other examples of variety, uh, uh, if you look at, you know, like a, way paint is sold today, you know, way back in the old days, you bought a gallon of paint at Sears and you bought a blue gallon or yellow or pink or white or, or so on. But now the, the paint is all shipped in, in white and it's at the point of sale. So you go in the paint store with a, a colored chip or a fabric and they mix it on demand. So there's an example where they have a lot of variety but the variety is actually uh, implemented at the point of sale. So they can manage it without impacting the supply chain because the paint is all shipped from the suppliers in white. Uh, so, this is a, so the whole concept of targeting variety and reducing the mix simplifies your whole supply chain because that means you've got fewer parts that you have to order from suppliers, uh, less inventory parts, less uh, potential for what I call dead stock at the dealers. Uh, for example, uh, there's probably not too much, too much demand for pink cars, so you wouldn't want pink cars at the dealers because they would be sitting there for several months. So you want high turnover of products, so you want to produce a high volume uh, variety. In fact, we kind of use the rule of thumb, 80-20 rule. You want 80% of the volume 
SUVs fall with 20% of the product or the mix. Um, so I, I think Brian is very key and a very strategic point for Toyota. Yeah. Um, how did you know, Toyota balance, let's say, market customer needs where you know, sales or marketing might want um, to naturally increase variety uh, because they think that would help drive sales versus from a supply chain, supply chain standpoint, uh, the desire to have simplification. Did that ever generate conflict, or how was that resolved or negotiated out? Right. In fact, we, we discussed that in book in a, a, a chapter called Sales Planning, uh, Sales and Operations Planning, and there was this constant your friction between sales want uh, all this flexibility and, and variety because they always have uh, you know this feeling that they could sell more if they had leather steering wheel or some other option. Where manufacturing at Toyota uh, has a strong uh, you know uh, priority to minimize. Uh, you know, variety so they can simplify production and simplify the supply chain. So there is a, a, a give and take, but the idea is is to come up with ways to manage demand. And, and I think uh, I learned this at, at Dell Computer when we did a benchmarking visit back in the, I think, 2000 or 1999, where they managed demand through the website by providing a special of the day. Uh, if they got too many uh, 20 gig hard drives and not enough 40 gig, they will drop the price that day to 20 gig and uh, try to influence demand. So uh, I think the dealers play an important role for Toyota to to manage that demand and influence and uh, encourage customers to buy what is in stock or what is available uh, versus trying to look at a brochure and pick something that uh, Toyota doesn't make in that region. Yeah. Um, so we've covered variety. Can, can you talk about velocity and, and what you mean from a, a Toyota supply chain standpoint? Certainly. The velocity, uh, what we mean there is the turn rate or flow of the, the vehicles or the parts throughout the supply chain. So the idea is you want to minimize stagnation. Uh, and one of the things that comes into play here is logistics, that Toyota inbound logistics and outbound logistics are very important in managing velocity because you want to keep the parts flowing. Uh, and so one of the concepts Toyota has is uh, small lots and high frequency. So what they want is to be able to pick up parts from each supplier every day in small lots and uh, keep that flow going. So if they have a change in parts orders, it can be reflected quickly throughout the supply chain. Uh, so they introduce a concept called uh, milk routes where they will uh, organize the uh, suppliers into clusters. So maybe there's a cluster of suppliers in North Carolina, and there'll be one truck or group of trucks picking up from those suppliers each day, taking the parts to a crosswalk, maybe in Knoxville, where, where the parts are unloaded and then reloaded onto direct lines to each plant. 
so the parts are picked up for all plants on the milk route and then unloaded at a cross dock and then shipped to the plant in Georgetown or Princeton or Canada. And that allows them to pick up some suppliers every day and, and keep the velocity flowing. Okay, so we've got uh, variety and velocity. Um, the, the third point is, is variability. Uh, if you can describe what you mean by variability, how that's different than uh, variety in the Toyota supply chain. Right, variability is the, uh, the uh, level of what the uh, production of the parts are produced each day. So Toyota uses a concept called heijunka, which means to, it's a Japanese term, to, to level. What they do is they take the uh, orders of, of vehicles for a given period, uh, a month, uh, and they move those or they create a, a production schedule that is the same mix of vehicles for each uh, week of the month, for each day of the month, and then eventually each hour of the day. So the idea is that there is uh, a very much of a repeatable, repeatable uh, process of production as well as the whole supply chain. So this uh, means that there's uh, less inconsistency and less spike to the suppliers as far as the orders. That means the forecasted price orders is very uh, similar to the actual final order because of the leveling of all the production plans for several uh, days and weeks in advance. Uh, so I think the, the whole concept there is to make sure that everything is smooth for not only the Toyota operations, but for all the Toyota suppliers so that they can work uh, at a very consistent level and not have to worry about bottlenecks or uh, sudden uh, expectations uh, or sudden orders or, or spikes in production and so on. And this whole concept of variability is uh, carried on through the dealers. So the same mix of vehicles are shipped to each uh, region of the country each day in, uh, so that you don't get a, a sudden shipment of vehicles to a dealer uh, all in one week of the month, that they're kind of even out throughout the month. So their inventory is leveled also. And that uh, hydrunka practice of, of smoothing out the variability, that, that really has quite a positive impact on uh, suppliers, especially as you go further up the supply chain, correct? Right, yeah. So the, you know, the Tier 1 suppliers get a smooth order and forecast. So their suppliers uh, get a very smooth order and forecast. Uh, in fact, a little side note here, we, uh, when I was at Toyota, we were going to start offering more change to the dealers uh, five days before production. And this is uh, kind of to getting back to the build the order, the, you know, the last-minute changes to enable dealers to respond to customer demand. So we were concerned of the impact on the suppliers. We held a... a big meeting with all the suppliers at the Georgetown plant, and we kind of threw out some numbers. So what if we uh, uh, change the orders by 5% a week before, or, you know, we kind of exaggerate. Even if we change by 20%, what would be the impact? And the suppliers kind of laughed. They said, well, heck, if you kept it within 20%, it would be a, 
no problem for us compared to the competition that are always exaggerations in the orders. So uh, I think there's an example where the suppliers really appreciate Toyota's ability to keep a, a consistent order week to week and day to day. Okay, and the final uh, final point is uh, visibility. Uh, I know it's a big big topic for a lot of companies wanting visibility into to inventory throughout the supply chain. Um, how did that uh, you know how, how did that principle um, get put in, into practice in, in Toyota? Well, the uh, Toyota you know keeps uh, we call it KPIs or key performance indicators and a lot of different aspects of the process. Uh, you know, looking at the dealer's inventory, they track inventory, they track aged inventory to make sure they understand what products, what mix of products aren't moving uh, so that they can adjust their mix in the future. And they also track the time it takes to get uh, orders from the plant uh, vehicles, the plant to the dealers, and uh, they also track suppliers' performance uh, in in the area of misshipments or uh, defects and so on. So the idea is to make everything visible so that there, if there is a problem that is noticed quickly, and the action can be taken. Uh, in fact, the uh, suppliers are instructed by uh, Toyota Purchasing to not try to hide problems. That don't be embarrassed if you have a problem. Bring it to our attention. We'll work with you to help you out. In fact, one of the purchase managers, Gene Tabor, who's uh, quoted in the book, said he tells his suppliers, even if it's 5 o'clock on Friday afternoon, call me. I'd rather know the problem then so we can work over the weekend to help resolve it rather than you trying to solve it on your own and then coming in Monday and and missing the ship. uh, So I think that attitude of, uh, don't hide problems, make things visible through KPIs as well as just raising your hand or raising, pulling the hand down cord, so to speak, whether it's in the plant or throughout the supply chain. Okay, so it's that extension of uh, that philosophy that you hear about within the Toyota factories. And, and if, I'm, if I hear what you're saying, it's, it's not so much a visibility, simple visibility into how many parts are sitting where, but uh, this idea of a visibility to problems so that you can collaborate and get things solved more quickly. Correct. Well, that's great. Um, well, I had one more question that actually came from uh, a reader of, of the blog via Twitter, um, of all things, Joe Dagger, um, had a question. Um, that you, you, you worked for Toyota and you write about them. What other companies uh, do you admire or pay attention to from a supply chain management perspective? Well, a couple other companies I've had some uh, exposure to. Is one is uh, uh, BMW in uh, their plant in South Carolina. Uh, I think it's Spartansburg, South Carolina, near Greenville. I was at a seminar there a few years ago in uh, they were talking about how they tightly control the order sequence. And, of course, BMW is kind of a, uh, you know, the opposite of Toyota as far as filling mix. BMW and Mercedes, the European brands, tend to offer all kinds of options and all types of uh, variety, and that's kind of their niche. But they do a pretty good job of controlling the order sequence. And, in fact, 
what they do is they fly parts in on a daily basis from Germany to to uh, uh, Greenville or Spartanburg plant. So that's kind of a novel idea. Now, I'm sure they don't fly heavy parts in, but uh, probably a lot of the smaller parts that maybe uh, they can order just in time and, and fly in and uh, uh, be able to respond uh, to the last-minute changes in orders and the complexity in their build schedule. The other company that uh, you know, I've had some exposure to is Nissan, uh, and they also have uh, a, kind of a, a lot of ability to change orders at the last minute to the plants, as well as uh, do a lot of uh, what we call trade or virtual trades of orders. For example, if a dealer in California is being uh, built a, a particular car, but someone in Colorado wants the same car, there's ability in the system, uh, and Toyota has this ability also to go in and uh, do a call virtual trade of actually swapping those vehicles so that there isn't really any impact on the, uh, the do downstream the supply chain, but the dealer uh, gets the car they wanted in uh, the shortest of period of time. So there's a couple examples of innovations in the supply chain management that other companies have introduced. Okay, well, um, we're running short on time, but uh, I want to thank you, Roy. Uh, again, our, our guest here was Roy Vasher, um, author of Toyota Supply Chain Management. Um, I encourage people to go um, check out the book. Um, Roy, I know it's available on Amazon.com. Do you have any other recommendations as, as far as resources about the book or how people might get in touch with you? Well, the, uh, you're right. Amazon is, of course, most of the other websites and bookstores, Barnes & Noble and so on have it. Uh, but, uh, you know, if people want to get in touch with me, they can, uh, you know, have my email address. It's r.vasher at insightbb, that's in broadband.com. And uh, I'm sure that will probably be on your your website also. But, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to your audience uh, today and uh, looking forward to any feedback uh, about the book and uh, the discussion. Okay. Yeah, and if people have comments, they can also uh, forward them uh, through me in the, uh, the blog page comments or, or via email, and I'll make sure they, uh, they get to Roy. Uh, so thanks again. Appreciate your time. Okay. Thanks, Mark, and have a good evening. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.